Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecovis store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to the Truth From The Stand Deer Hunting Podcast. I'm your host, Clint Campbell, and you are listening to episode number two. Today, we're going to talk about our spring and summer deer projects, trail cams, clearing shooting lanes, and joining an archery club. Hello and welcome to the Truth From The Stand Deer Hunting Podcast. I'm your host, Clint Campbell. You're listening to episode number two. And today we're going to be talking about our spring and summer projects as we prepare for the upcoming fall hunting season. But first, as always, I'm here joined with my co-host, Phil Marchek. Phil, how's it going? It's going well. Yeah, glad to pretty, be back. Glad to be back. Yeah, back. glad to be back talking deer. Got the big uh, holiday weekend here coming up. You got some uh, some exciting plans. You know what? I hope not, actually. We've been kind of packed with uh, family stuff the past couple weekends, so I'm looking forward to a, a laid-back uh, holiday for the 4th. So, Yeah, I think I'm looking forward to a laid-back weekend, too. I actually took a quote-unquote uh, work-from-home day tomorrow, which mm. I think I'll be working from the car. I approve. Yeah, dri- <laughs> <laughs> driving back to the driving back to the farm. Uh, so, the, you know, looking forward to getting back there, doing a little a little country living Um this weekend, but it's been a little while since you and I last got to talk. I know you know it's been around a month since we put out the last podcast. And funny thing is, is even though Phil and I are really good friends, we we share a lot of uh, um, spiteful filled texts um, <laughs> toward the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates. Typically on any given any given night, but uh, the the funny yeah. thing is, is we we don't usually talk on the phone or in person very often. Um, so this you know the time we get on our podcast is actually the time we actually get to actually talk in person which is nice i'll tell you what yeah we've had some doozies of uh text messages back and forth it's been a rough season so far <laughs> yeah yeah i'm not sure if any of those are fit for uh for public consumption but <laughs> no no definitely give us give the public a different uh, image of, <laughs> of what we talk about <laughs> right. yeah yeah for, for sure for sure um, so I think, you know, just to, I guess, kind of catch everybody up, um, since the last time we talked, I, uh, I had a chance to go back to the farm. I, I think the last time we talked, did I tell you that I bought my, um, uh, my, uh, preference points for Iowa? Yes. Yes. I you did. did mention okay. it. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. I wasn't sure if I mentioned it on the podcast or not. So that was a, a big, exciting thing for me. Now I know, obviously I'm not going this year, but I'm hoping in the next three years that I'll get an opportunity to go. So I figured I would start buying my, my, my preference points. For sure. But yeah. I think I mentioned on the last podcast that I was hoping to get the kid back to, uh, back to the farm to do a turkey hunt. And I actually got that done. Um, which was nice. I know I filled you in a little bit, Phil, but I don't think I explained much of anything, uh, to the listeners here on the podcast. So we, we headed back over the holiday weekend for Memorial day and I wrote a blog post on it. And there's a little bit of a funny story as, 
part of this story. Um, so I'll kind of breeze through the hunting part of it because you can go to uh, truthfromthestand.com and read um, the, the full-blown story if, if you'd like. Um, but got the kid back. She actually got up at 4.30, um, you know, like a good turkey hunter would. Uh, took some shaking. I might have had to shake her a little <laughs> bit to, to get her out of the bed, but she, she got How up. How do you like it? <laughs> <laughs> she, I, was, I was afraid she may not like hunting any longer after that, after she realized there was a 4.30 roll call to uh, on a Saturday morning. But she jumped up. We got dressed, headed out to a blind. Um, we went hunting with a, a friend of ours, Tate. Um, and I was hoping to see a bird. We didn't get to see a bird, but we got, got in the blind. There was a thick fog that kind of set over the field, so it was hard to see. Uh, much of anything early but we did get some gobbles early in the morning so she actually heard gobbling which she was yeah yeah she was super stoked about that um so i couldn't have been happier other than you know maybe bagging a bird but we had a couple gobbles in the trees roosting just across the field from us once they came out of the roost um or off the roost rather they headed over toward tate he did some calling he actually ended up bagging a nice bird so all in all it wasn't a uh a terrible hunt. Somebody got something. Uh, she was super stoked because she got to hear something. And of course, you know, about three hours into the hunt, she was done. And, you know, I kind of said on when we set up for that hunt that whenever she was done and ready to come home, we were coming home because I just didn't want to burn her out and make her think that it was uh, a boring activity. So uh, I think we uh, I think we checked all the boxes on that one. But where it gets kind of funny is so we're at the farm and we have a lot of field work we had to do there was a food plot i wanted to put in um we had burned it off or killed it all off and we mm-hmm. had to uh scrape up the ground and uh, we had a harrow there and we started doing that but my father-in-law um wanted to go watch his nephew run in a state track tournament um so you know i was like you know what everyone family just go to the state track tournament watch him run i'll finish the food plot so they all took off i jump on the tractor and if you know i don't know if anybody remembers that day but here in pa that was like a scorcher of a day in the 90s i think i of course was wearing a black shirt because i had black on inside the blind <laughs> which was a which was a great idea i jump on the tractor finish up the heroin start putting the seed in the ground um feel like i'm gonna have a heat stroke um take the shirt off you know they actually little, might have had a heat stroke <laughs> right <minor. laughs> sun's out guns out on the tractor um, and as I'm going, I'm realizing I looked down at my forearms at one point and I just remembered, you know, you know, whenever you're getting sunburnt and then you, and you look and you notice that you're getting sunburnt mm-hmm. while yeah. you're still out it, in the it's sun. It's a you, point of no return. You yeah. Just, you just you can't <laughs> come back from it. <laughs> no, you just kind of look at it and you're like, Ooh, that can't be any good. <laughs> so, so I was like, you know what? I need to get back to the, to the cabin and get some sunblock on Cause at this point I had the shirt off and I was like, I'm just going to get burnt cause I'm just too hot. I can't take it. Yep. Had to take, open invitation had, to skin cancer. Here we yeah, go. Yeah, exactly. So I was on the tractor and I was like, you know what? I got to go get the roller to pack the, to pack the soil after I get the, uh, all the seed in. So I was like, you know, when I go by the, the, the cabin, I'll stop in, I'll grab some lunch and I'll grab some sunblock, go grab the roller and go finish up the field. So it sounded like a great plan. I run over to the cabin, get in there, grab some water, get some lunch. I'm looking for the sunblock. And I know I had seen some there before cause I used it the year prior looking all over the place and I can't find it. So I text my wife and I'm like, Hey, that sunblock that was laying downstairs in the basement of the cabin, like where'd that, where'd that go? She's like, Oh, we took it with us to the track event. Cause we're going to be out in the sun for like a half an hour. Yeah. You dummy. Right. Yeah. So, so at this point I'm like, all right, I'm just going to get burnt and that's all there is to it. So I headed back out on the tractor. The long story short is, is that I came home that night and the first thing my daughter said to me was, Ooh, daddy, you're red. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lovely. <laughs> and you could, you can feel the heat emanating from my body. It oh yeah, was, it was it was one of those things where you know you you get into a cold shower and the water's cold when it starts at the top, but by the time it gets to your feet, it's warm. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That was that was kind of how we were rolling. So that mm-hmm. was my that was my Memorial Day weekend trip. You know, the the other bummer of that trip was I I had put some cameras up on the mountain, and I think I explained the uh, the mountain a little bit in the last last podcast. Um, mm-hmm. Not real familiar with the terrain of the mountain, it, especially once you get some leave, uh, some some cover in terms of leaves coming on the trees and stuff. It gets pretty thick. Right. Um, so I was smart enough to GPS one of the cameras so I could get exactly to where it was at and use my GPS to find it. The other one I put by a tree stand, and I can't find the tree stand. Now. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so. you figure you can't find the camera, but when you lose a uh, totally <laughs> like complete tree stand, then we got some, some problems right. here. <laughs> yeah, so just to make sure I wasn't crazy, Tate went up with me at one point, and we looked, and he couldn't find the tree stand either. So I, I'm kind of confident in the fact that I think that the tree stand and the camera both got stolen, which makes me feel better personally. Makes me a little angry at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> 
So we can talk at some point about trespassing and how we deal with that because I think that that's a whole topic unto itself of oh, yeah, things yeah, stolen. I mean, you know? I, I have I have some stories about that. Um, both, uh, I guess, one being the offender and right. and <laughs> and others being you know somebody either uh, you know coming through my family's land or I think even in a related case kind of jumping my spot where I'm sitting or where I'm standing and right. just completely blowing up my spot, which is, I mean, obviously it's not necessarily trespassing, but you're, you're definitely messing things up. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean the difference, I guess with, you know, I wouldn't say, shouldn't say the difference, but for us, it's like, we've had this a couple different times, you know, um, I've been a little skeptical. Most of my cameras are safe only because we keep them down on the lower part of the farm where, um, they're a little harder to get to mm, and stuff. It's closer. Uh, and, well, it's closer, and yeah. we're always in that area. That's where we're doing a lot of like our food plot work and right. stuff like that. So we're usually around that area. The mountain, like I said before, people typically aren't on it, so it's kind of free game. In the past, we have had uh, some ATV problems. Um, you know, I was not going to handle it, uh, let's say, in the most uh, politically corrective ways. Yes. Uh, <laughs> in the you past, have a way uh, with words, Clint. <laughs> I, have, I have a way with words. <laughs> Um, luckily, you know, fortunately my father-in-law had a, a much cooler head, uh, than me. And he actually, um, confronted the, the, the folks who were trespassing, had a conversation with them and kind of came to an agreement. Um, we've not really had too many problems, uh, since then, at least with that, that group of folks. But anyway, we're kind of getting off the topic at hand. You know, as I teed up at the beginning of the, of the podcast, what we want to touch on today is really, uh, some of the projects that we're working through, um, you know, either in early, uh, spring and into the summer as we get ready for um, the upcoming year. So I don't know, you know, I guess starting with spring or summer or wherever we want to want to dive in, do you want to do you want to start first, Phil, or do you want me to kind of go ahead and tee up with what some of the stuff that we started working on at the farm in the uh, in the uh, early spring? Well, yeah, I mean, I can I can certainly talk about, um, you know, what I what I still have to do. Um, I haven't had a chance in the spring and, and certainly, you know, our, my, my situation where I hunt, where I set up, um, typically, uh, is, is vastly different from yours in that, you know, you, you have this really nice, uh, food management and food plot system that you, you put in a ton of time. Um, so you have that, that going and, and which is fantastic, but you know, we're all, we're all mad with it. Yeah, that too. Well, <laughs> you know, again, another topic. <laughs> um, but you know, where, where I hunt, you know, I'm lucky enough to, to be able to be, on some of my own land, but, uh, you know, it butts up against a game land. Um, it's, it's, it's dense, it's brush. It's kind of the in-between of, um, the actual woods and where other cornfields are. So mm-hmm. uh, a lot of, a lot of my stuff isn't so much where deer are eating around there. It's kind of catching them in between feeding and bedding and vice mm-hmm. versa. Um, so, Food, food plots haven't really been a priority, one, because there's not a whole lot of space for it, I think, in terms mm-hmm. of um, the size of where I hunt, but two... Right, because, your, like your acreage, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and two, because uh, I, I kind of I see where I hunt for what it is. It is that middle ground. It's basically the filter where deer kind of go from the woods to the food, and it's it's almost complete cover, I mean, until if we get a hard frost or heavy snow, it really knocks down a lot of the thick stuff. But, you know, up until then, you know, it's really thick and, and deer pass through there, you know, all the time. No problem. Like they're very confident, um, you know, going through and, and you should see a lot of the paths. So mm-hmm. I guess getting into what I have to do, um, certainly, you know, getting back to stands that I already have out there, um, and cutting out the lanes again, that's definitely a priority. Um, also creating a path. And that was the one thing, um, I started to do a couple of years ago was, you know, get back there with the quad and actually carve out a path to make it easier for deer. Because, mm-hmm. um, especially in that area, deer will go the easiest route and the most carved Absolutely. out route. And, yeah. um, and if you give them that route, then it gives you a better opportunity and advantage to, uh, you know, set up your stands and, and kind of dictate where the deer come from, how they funnel through. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have this one stand that I've been pretty successful uh, in th- throughout the past couple of years that's actually on his last legs. And uh, it's, it's a stand that's still on the property. Uh, it's built into the tree and it's wood and it's kind of de- deteriorating. And I, I, I ha- it actually, it started deteriorating last year and I wasn't in it last year at all. 
Um, so I definitely want to try and fix that up. But I've been kind of slow to that because uh, I have a lone wolf climber, just like you there do. You go. And, uh, you know, it makes it a lot easier to basically go anywhere. Um, so that's why I've kind of been slow to the chase on, on that and, and rebuilding that stand. But I think that's something I definitely want to tackle because, um, like I said, I've been, I've been pretty, pretty successful, uh, from that stand. So, right. It's, you know, it's interesting. You, you mentioned, uh, one thing that I noticed that you said was understanding or taking the land that you have for what it's worth or knowing, knowing essentially what it is. Yeah. Right? Kind of like, you know, pros and cons. What's, what's the benefit? Right. What, what are the advantages? And I think that's one of the most important things whenever you're teeing up any hunting season, you know, no matter your experience level, no matter how often you've hunted a piece of property or if it's a new piece of property or whatever the case might be, is, you know, setting your realistic expectations of, you know, n- not only how you're going to hunt, but like what your expectation is for what you're going to see. Right, you know, it's right. like, it, look, I'd love to go out and hunt, you know, huge 160, 170, 180 class deer every year, but on our farm that you know, in Pennsylvania, it's just not going to happen. Right. So if I go out with that kind of in mind, I'm going to be severely disappointed. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. You got to set the expectation from the start. Otherwise it's just going to be a disappointment regardless right, of what happens. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I think as far as like what I've been working on, you know, as you mentioned, it's, you know, I have a little bit more of a, you can look at it two different ways. It's like, it's a, it's a blessing and a curse, right? It's, it's a great uh, to have the, the land and be able to work it and the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and I really won't, won't ever complain about it other than, you know, it does take time, money, yeah, and, yeah, you know, there's a lot of uh, effort that's out there now. I'm lucky that we have some folks that, that hunt with us during rifle season and turkey season and stuff like that. And everyone kind of chips into the kitty to help buy seed and uh, all the herbicide and stuff you need to take care of the food sure, plots. Sure. But, you know, whenever I start my projects, I usually start them, you know, for me, especially because of all the land management aspects of it. It's like I usually have to start or I get a jump on it in, you know, really right after deer season ends. I'll, I'll have like a little bit of a lull essentially. And I'll usually try to jump back into things either February and March where, I'll go into the timber and start doing any like the hinge cutting that I want to do yep. and, and stuff like that in the timber while I am far enough away, obviously from the next deer season that, you know, any disturbances I create in your bedding and stuff like that are going to be of little consequence or no consequence really when it comes into the following fall. As far as food plots are concerned, you know, one of the things I did this year, uh, and it was the first time I had done it and I can promise you that I'll pretty much do it every year since because the results I had seen from it this year so far, um, where people had always said it was frost seeding. So it was the first year that we actually did a frost seed where we seeded while we still had a little bit of snow on the ground with clover. Um, And really the goal was is because last year was our first year with our perennial clover plot. And I wanted to kind of give it like a little recharge and hit some of the spots that were a little bit more bare than I wanted them to be. Um, So we went in and did a frost seed while we had a little bit of snow on the ground and it seems like every seed we put on the ground in that clover plot this year absolutely came up. Plus everything that was up last year came back with a vengeance. So that, plot is just it's just kind of booming um you know of course early spring for me is doing a lot of uh weed and broadleaf management and spraying the fields mowing the fields mm-hmm. stuff like that i know you mentioned hanging stands and so forth and that's you know typically we've done that in the in in the late summer but this year i'm kind of taking a little bit of a different approach i mean you know i have a uh, a lone wolf like, like you mentioned mm-hmm. like you you had got, got one this year last year i got my father-in-law uh, into a lone wolf. Okay. And uh, Tate actually this year bought, I forget what the company's called. It's actually two guys that worked for Lone Wolf and I think started the Lone Wolf Company or were in the beginning parts of of the Lone Wolf Company starting. They had left and created their own company. They look almost identical to Lone Wolf Climbers. <laughs> and he, he had bought one of those. Um, is it, so is pretty, it any cheaper? <laughs> it actually is. It's, oh, I want to say it's like $30 yes. cheaper. Well, yeah. 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 Um, so essentially everybody has a Lone Wolf or a pseudo Lone Wolf uh, uh, Climber right, this year. Right. So I honestly don't know how much you know stand hanging we're going to do. We have... The couple that are the tried and true, where it's you know we what we call our quote unquote meat stands. Yeah, where it's like if yep. you want to get if you want to get something, you just want to see deer. You can go sit in those stands, and deer will run by you all day. Yeah, exactly. Um, but you know, as far as like trimming lanes and stuff like that, I know some guys like to really go in and trim out shooting lanes and stuff. But for me, I don't. I prefer to have the cover from the foliage and the trees and stuff than I do to have a clear lane. Like I would rather climb a tree and and be in and be covered up and know that I'm not going to get spotted mm-hmm. versus having the perfect shooting lane to take. I'd rather pass up on the shot 
than risk getting risk getting my spot blown up. See, not, if it, especially if it's a prime spot. Yeah, and, and that's actually that's really interesting because I, I feel like that ties right into and, and we talked about kind of the the best and worst in the last podcast right. uh, of, of 2015, and and my worst was uh, was missing uh, was missing this huge buck twice actually, um, and it's ironic because I was in I was in a stand for the first time archery I've hunted the stand rifle with great success and I was in the stand archery um, and it's funny because the second shot actually hit the tiniest of twigs stemming from a branch mm-hmm. which in hindsight if I had gotten in there pre-season and actually cut lanes for archery that, mm-hmm. twig, that twig probably would not have been there right uh, yeah. so you know it, it goes it goes both ways um, and you know sometimes it's a bit of luck but uh, yeah, sometimes you eat the bear. Sometimes the bear eats you. <laughs> yeah, usually the bear eats you. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel like I've been I've been getting a mall in the past yeah, couple of years. Exactly. <laughs> but you know, for me, it's um, as far as breaking up my summer and spring or my spring and summer work. You know, I've been I guess better about it this year. You know, <laughs> which is odd for me to say that I've actually been kind of on the ball with getting getting stuff done because really by by that Memorial Day weekend, I had most everything done. I got my mineral plots out, you know, man, I think in, in March, mm-hmm. had all my mineral stations in, um, had all the frost seeding done, had the, had the, uh, all the hinge cutting done that I wanted to get done in the, uh... The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original... Almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. In the, in the timber? Well, I, th- I, think, um, I think you can attribute um, a lot of that preparedness to the fact that you, know, you, you kind of started all of this last year. Right. Um, yeah. And it was, I think, you know, a bit of trial and error. But I, for first time beginner, I, I feel like you were pretty successful in getting right. the plots down and and getting you know good crops to come up. Uh, mm-hmm. So at this point, you know, you've already you've done it. You've laid the groundwork, mm-hmm. and now you're kind of doing the maintenance aspect. Right. That I mean, there's definitely something to be said for that because you're right. Like last year, we did. I mean, I remember sweating up into and through. Uh, Man, I don't know, like even into August yeah, doing yeah. doing stuff. Um, you know, the one thing that we did last year that we're not doing um, is we put a bunch of micro plots in last year in the woods. We actually went into the timber, scratched up ground, and put some small um, little areas of uh, basically some throw and grow. I think it was a Whitetail Institute uh, bow stand seed. Okay. And I, ha- and I had limited success with that. Some of the places just didn't really come up. Some of the places did, and I really never saw deer hit it. Um so I'm kind of doing away with most of those this year. The one piece that I still need to do is the there's a log yard where I have this really awesome tree um, that I sat last year and I saw all kinds of deer activity. And then whenever I watched my cameras really closely, all the nice bucks or all what would have been the hit list or shooter bucks mm-hmm. passed through there last year because it actually is a, a path or a trail. It actually looks like a goat trail. It's so rutted in that runs parallel to the bottom of the mountain and the deer run that to get basically from the neighbor's farm right. a thicket over there all the way over to our place to the clover field to the to the clover plot well, it's less climbing and, yeah and i saw every nice buck that i had on camera with the exception of of one hit that camera that's on that trail last year around november between november 7th and november like 23rd mm-hmm. something like that so like prime rut time right. for for yeah. pa um, so I have a really nice tree picked out there. I saw tons of deer whenever, whenever I sat there, there's a food plot that sits in there that I put in that's, you know, it might be, you know, I don't know, 30 yards long and it might be 10 yards wide. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not very big. Um, I do need to go in there and cut some of the trees back cause there's a little bit of a canopy covering it. Um, that's kind of shading it a little too much. Uh, and this year I think we put turnips and sugar beets, I think, in that plot. Um, so hopefully if I get that cut back, we already planted it this year and everything's, everything's come up, but there's a, there's a piece of it that's just not growing as it should. Cause it's just not quite getting the, uh, getting the sunlight. Right. Right. 
but other than that, I mean, I'm pretty squared away for um, for the summer. I'm I'm now really kind of turning my attention to two things for the remainder of the summer, and I started doing it in the spring a little bit, but just really didn't have the time to finish it. And that's really kind of planning out my um, my uh, my trip to Ohio. All right, so we're back. Phil and I had just a little technical difficulty uh, for whatever reason. The power went out in my house. I swear I paid the bill, or at least I think my wife did because I don't pay the. Bi- I usually don't pay the bills. <laughs> well, you better you better find her, right? <laughs> um, but the good news is is that during that break, I was able to go grab me a, a glass of whiskey, which was uh, maybe a blessing in disguise. I don't know. Uh, we'll see how it plays out. <laughs> <laughs> it could it could get interesting and honest today. Um, so I think where we left off was I had said that the most of the work that I had been putting in so far during the summer or spring and summer has been wrapped up. And the only thing that I really have left to do that I started working on, um, I, I, I kind of kicked it off in the spring, but I really kind of started uh, diving into it a little bit more here uh, more recently is my trip to Ohio. Um, I've known since last year that I was going to go. It was really kind of up in the air um, as far as uh, whether or not I was going to potentially lease a place, if I was going to hunt public land, if I was going mm-hmm. to find some some private land to hunt. Um, you know, I was really kind of hoping to find some private land. I had a had a lead on a farm uh, through a friend of mine that just didn't um, just didn't work out. So, you know, I guess around f- January, February, I was back to square one where it was really I needed to kind of dig in and figure out where I was going to go because I was kind of recognizing that I wasn't going to have any, you know, have a, an opportunity to hunt private land. Um, so, I did my scouting online. I think I have two areas picked out. And as mm-hmm. a as a, a good hunter, learned my lesson last year. Whenever I gave up my spot for a turkey hunter, I will not divulge my locations uh, or the whereabouts of my my secret spots. Um, but I did find two sections, you know, in, in uh, that I really want to hunt two different pieces of of public land actually. Okay. Um, and they're both in and around the. I will I guess say say the counties. I mean, they're no big secrets. Like they're two of the bigger buck counties in Ohio. So it's Conshohocken County and Muskegon are the two uh, counties where I'm, I'm, I'm looking at. Um, and with that being said, anyone who uh, has a map can probably, you know, deduce, a, you know, a, you know, uh, do some deductive reasoning and figure out, you know, which, <laughs> which state uh, owned uh, game lands that I'll be on in, in Ohio. Um, but what I've done, you know, I've, uh, was picked out three sections in each of the pieces of public land that I want to go hunt. That way I have some backup options and I'm really looking to be able to get out there. Um, I was hoping last weekend it didn't work out. Um, you know, Tate is actually planning to go out with me and do some scouting. So I think Tate's going to be hunting with me potentially. I know that you're potentially, you know, thinking of going out as well. Yeah, I'm um, trying to see if we can swing that. Yeah, yeah. I think I have my dates locked in. You know, I put my I put my dates in for hunting usually, like the hunting season prior at work to make sure that I have them <laughs> off. That way, there's like no debate on whether or not I've actually put my in my dates. Um, so, you know, the plan is is to go out there and do some scouting here. I think it's probably going to take place at the end of, of this month. Um, you know, I don't, you know, I'm, I don't have any delusions of grandeur. I don't think I'm going to go out there and scout all six places. The good news is, is each spot's about 30 minutes from each other. So I could, literally, I could actually hunt both places on the same trip. Yeah. Um, you know, so that was kind of a goal of mine. So I could make sure I had two different sections to be able to, uh, navigate between depending on if I get there and I feel like there's just either not at any action or the spot I scouted just wasn't as good as I thought it was. Or, you know, if I happen to run into some insane pressure, uh, or, you know, additional hunters and stuff like that, which I fully plan that that'll happen. I don't have to change course. It's all kind of part of the game for sure. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, from what I see on the map, you know, there's there's one that I'm really kind of stoked on because I think that I may have to use a kayak to cross cross a river to get to it. Seriously? Yeah, and I, I particularly are you gonna build the kayak? I've been watching a lot of alone, <laughs> and I watched a guy build a canoe. I think I could probably fashion no, okay. <laughs> um, no. It's I looked around that area on. Uh, on uh, Google earth. And it looks like the only other entrances are from private land. Okay. Um, and you know, these folks might be hunting that area where I'm planning to go would be quite a hike from their house. Uh, so I don't think that they would, uh, make it as far in as I would be. If I come in from the other side across the river, you know, it's probably mm, almost a mile hike for anyone from the private land area to, to get to. Um, what I'm kind of banking on is no one else is going to want to cross the river or very few people are going to want to cross the river in that those folks who are, um, who own the property kind of surrounding it aren't going to be hunting during the middle of the week. Cause I'm likely going to be there in the middle of the week and hopefully fingers crossed, aren't letting folks 
who don't live there have access to the the the, the timber behind their house through their private land. Right, so right. that's kind of what I'm banking on. But that's really the last of my big projects for uh, for the summer, other than the normal, you know, I think I have to mow the clover field one more time sure. and, um, and, and stuff like that. Well, you know what, Clint, it just dawned on me. I, I think, you know, the whole this whole conversation we've kind of, I think we've gotten ahead of ourselves, to be honest with you. Let's, let's, let's backtrack a second. And did you get your license? I got my license. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> I took... <laughs> I uh, I literally went the day you texted me and told me that you had ordered yours online. I came home, I grabbed the kid, we went to Dick's, and I got my license. So, nice. Yeah, I'm all nice. good. The only <laughs> thing I haven't done yet is I haven't gotten my Ohio license yet, which I was planning to do that before we jumped on to uh to record this evening, but I just didn't quite uh just didn't quite get there in time. So my plan is to to get my Ohio license this year because to me that's locking it up. Like that's saying like I'm yep, spending the, yeah, totally. whatever, you know, I don't remember how much it is. I want to say it's around 200 bucks or something like that for an out of state tag. Um, but that's me kind of locking it in saying, all right, I spent the money I'm going, you know, there's nothing I can do about it now. Uh, otherwise I'm eating two bills and I, I don't really want to do that. I eat enough tag soup as it is. I feel <laughs> right. better if I eat the tag soup. Yeah. If I actually go. So there you go. Yeah. So that's really the the last of mine. I mean, how about, you know, for you, you know, this time of year, you know, what I'm really looking forward to and going back to the farm is starting to pull some, well, I mean, I've been doing it all year, but uh, uh, camera cards, you know, do you have any, are you putting out any cameras this year? Do you have any locations that you're looking at? You know, know, what's your your story there? So there's one, there's one camera um, right now and um, the way it's set up and it's it's really interesting. Um, It's funny you even mentioned Google Maps because they... They they just did an upgrade or an update with uh, all new satellite imagery, so it is super oh, nice. crisp when you're looking at it. It was I think within the last week, nice. um, so you know if you're looking at it from the aerial view, you can see uh, a strict differentiation between the tree line and kind of the uh, the thick stuff, and right along that tree line there is um, a really thick trail where a, a, a farmer, a horse farmer. Uh, from right up the way comes down and spreads manure with a tractor so it is it's a established path well there there are bucks that come by this trail because one it's fully established and two it's just a long tree and cover and you know they establish scrapes and rubs all along that trail um, so I do have a camera out right now that uh, I'm kind of interested to see, you know, kind mm-hmm. of what's going on back there. Yeah. And potentially looking to see if maybe there's another ideal area that I want to hang another camera uh, within the near future. Um, right. I do have a ton of gift cards for Cabela's. Right. <laughs> so so I yeah. can certainly afford another camera or two if that were the case. Right. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely excited to see what's going on back there, uh, especially because. You know, right now it's it's super thick. Um, mm-hmm. Everything's really overgrown. Um, so, and unfortunately, you get back there, and you know, th- this time of year it's hot. There's ticks, but you mm-hmm. know, you are you're in long sleeves, jeans, yep. because I don't I don't mess with that stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. especially with that whole uh, <laughs> mammalian allergy that a certain tick. I know it's not in the area, but. Yeah. If I get bit by a tick and I can't eat mammal meat anymore, I'm going to be really pissed off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know you say when you sent me that article, I had like a a a, a, a WTF moment. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, uh, we we have some ticks at the farm. Actually, Tate was bit, um, had gotten bitten maybe three years ago. And he got pretty, like he was pretty sick on antibiotics. I got bit two years ago, but I, uh, I ended up getting to the, the hospital on time and, and so forth. I got antibiotics. So nothing really came, nothing really came of it. So I, I totally understand what you're saying with, with the ticks for me, you know, as far as cameras are concerned, those are something, um, you know, with the, uh, with having the farm where I pretty much leave my cameras out all year, all year long. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, cause I, I basically want to see after the season, of course, you know, who made it through, you know, what bucks, you know, made it through rifle season. Oh, archery sure. season, rifle yeah, season. Totally. Do I have any of my hit list guys are going to make it another year and hopefully put on a little bit more length and a little bit more mass. Unfortunately, I didn't see any of our hit list bucks from last year, make it through except for one. 
um, who's really kind of the guy I'm, I'm going after this year. He's not overly impressive as far as like his mass, but I, he, he's the oldest deer on the property. Okay. Um, it's hard to get anything, you know, as you know, in Pennsylvania, private or not, um, over three, over three, three and a half years old. Right. Right. Um, yeah. This guy I think is a, is a four year old. He's just not impressive as far as his rack, but I mean, all of his body features tell me that he's four. Um, so I'm, that's the guy I'm really kind of targeting, but you know, during that part of the season, I'm looking to take inventory who made it through. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once we get into uh, early uh, early spring, I'm really just kind of looking to see like how how the herd looks. Like, do they look healthy? Do I have a lot of pregnant does? Right, right. Um, stuff like that. I'm also looking for turkeys too. I want to. I, I like to get it, get the pictures. I use those for different blog posts and stuff like that. So it's just a nice way for me to cap- capture imagery. And then you know once the spring hits and stuff, I get my mineral stations out. I start really kind of using those sites then to start inventory to see what my numbers start to look like. You know, can I count out specific does and how many do I have on the property? That way, I know do we need to take a bunch of does this year or don't? I mean, I I don't get to the point to where I'm able to tell you with certainty saying like we need to take ten does off the property this year. For me, it's more of a ballpark where it's like I'm sure. looking at these separate game cameras that are near known food sources, saying that I have a herd of. 12 known does in this field. I have a herd of, you know, 15 known does in this field. And then this field over here, there's another eight, you know, so I feel like I have X amount of does. We can probably take five or six this year and we're in good shape. Plus whatever fawns I see around this time of year, because fawns, you know, of course are dropping. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's always good to kind of see, you know, does mom come around the camera the first time with two, then the next time she comes around with one, you know, it's like you start to kind of get a sense for how much predation you have. And we do have some coyotes around the area and stuff like that. But the more exciting part is now whenever the bucks are starting to come into velvet and you can start to really tell the, the characteristics of, of a buck's antlers and you can start to kind of pinpoint, you know, who looks like he might turn into something. Who um, is there a guy, a young guy from last year that you see, um, you know, that had maybe he was a small four point last year and he's blowing up this year into like a nice eight yeah. or whatever the case might be. So yeah, you get to that's see the potential, really. really. Right, yeah, and I did a, a camera pull just a couple of weeks ago, and have a have a couple. Um, you know, there's one, there's one on the the card pool that I did. I guess it was it was over the Memorial Day weekend that has uh, he has some potential. He's the only one that I've seen on camera so far that I thought had some good potential. You know, my father in law saw one uh, on the hoof um, that he said from afar. Um, he said he was a no doubter, even in velvet. Wow. So, yeah, so I think we have the you know the classic one toad that we'll have for the year that will be the, kind of everybody's Moby Dick. Um, <laughs> you know, we'll see we'll see how that nets out and if we if we get a get a look at him. Nice. Right now he was on the neighbor's property, but you know it's just a hop, skip, and jump from where from where we're at and um, where he's where he saw him at. We actually have better cover in that area, so okay. it would okay. make sense if he was coming over, but. You know, time will tell. I'm sure we'll get some type of picture of him. Um, you know, we'll just hope that he hope that he makes his his way over. Yeah, so that's totally. My- well, you know, when, when you have when you get out the uh, the mineral stations and and uh, you know you make it a little more enticing and alluring, I'm sure you'll be able to bring him back over. Right, and the farmer that leases the uh, the handful of fields that we don't work uh, has just finished putting in his or not just finished, but he you know he has corn in there and stuff like that. So we'll have nice all the corn and stuff like that in there uh, as well. And then the one plot that I just put in um, does have soybean in it. So, you know, hopefully that'll be a nice attractant, but you know, I think we kind of covered the, the hit list of items. There was just two other things that I thought we might want to touch on was just, you know, the difference between how we look at scouting in the spring versus the summer, you know, cause really honestly for me, you know, growing up, I really never looked, um, I shouldn't say I never looked, um, I kind of scouted the same way all the time right. know, for a lot for a lot of years, and it wasn't until recently I started changing my mindset. And it probably really came about by working the land and being more of a steward of the land than just hunting our land. Sure, sure. Um, you know, so uh, you know, for me, when I'm scouting in the spring, I'm doing less. I mean, I'm, I'm of course looking for buck beds and stuff like that, and trying to figure that stuff out, which I found. A really nice one, you know, and I'm I'm hopeful that we we figure some stuff out on the mountain with that with that buck bed and figure out who's living there and hopefully he's he's a toad. Um, but you know, I'm really when I'm turkey hunting or whenever I'm doing my hinge cutting in like the early spring and stuff like that, I'm really looking at my brows to see how much that's been eaten down, right? To kind of get a sense of like, do I have a deer density problem? Do I have not enough food problem? Um, you know, and this year whenever I did some some looking around, it just 
even though we have a lot of food on the property, the one thing that dawned on me that I need to make a mental note for next year or the years coming is we need to do more on our farm for all year round food because we just don't have enough browse. Right. Um, so like the, down, the sustainability really. Right. Yeah. Right. We just don't have, I mean the thickets that we have that have been clear cut years ago have kind of grown up and they have a high stem count, but it's all small, smaller trees that have grown up high enough now to where they've moved up, you know, above deer height right so the right. deer deer can't get to it um of course that canopy then covers up any other seeds that would get sunlight and grow you know green briar or woody browse or whatever the case might be um so that i think is the plan going forward is i have i definitely have a winter food source shortage i won't say it's necessarily a problem we do have a little bit um we just need to further in, enhance that mm-hmm. and then in all honesty whenever it comes to summer um my scouting is really done with the cameras and from afar and my cameras are set up to where i can pretty much do a drive-by on any of them uh with a truck or an atv and grab them that way i'm not you know putting a bunch of scent down and a bunch of intrusion through yeah, the woods yeah exactly and, f- and for the most part i just stay out of the woods as much as i can now we do go cut a little bit of firewood and i would say deer are pretty used to those types of activities around where we live because it's farm country there's a lot of atv use there's a lot of wood cutting a lot of farming going on so not that i want to go in and blow up their spot or anything like that but you know for all intents and purposes i try to keep out of the the timber usually by about july 4th i want to be as done as possible in the timber as as i possibly can be and let july august and most of september obviously and where the farm's at, you know, the season doesn't open until early October. So really give it almost three full months of rest before I get back in there and do any type of hunting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I would say, um, from, from my perspective, not necessarily having to, to deal with the, the food plot management, um, aspect that, that you do, uh, from a scouting perspective, I'm really looking at the herds that are coming through. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and it was, what's really crazy is that, um, I've seen a couple of herds, uh, that come through together, like two or three herds that'll just move as one pack, which Mm -hmm. is, which is, I think really odd because typically they, they tend to stick to themselves and move as such. But Mm -hmm. I guess because of the nature of the brush and the thickness and density and kind of the path between food and uh, cover and vice versa, um, they all just get funneled through together. And I've actually seen, uh, you know, herds of 20, 30, even 40 uh, come <laughs> into my parents' yard and they'll, they'll start grazing <laughs> at the end of the yard. And I'm just like, well, it's not quite deer season yet, but I'm sitting <laughs> You're really testing me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're getting antsy. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really, for me, it's, it's about seeing the strength of the herd, um, and, and the numbers, uh, definitely seeing how the fawns are doing. Um, and, uh, once, once we get past that, I mean, I'm kind of like you, I don't like to get into the woods, you know, that often during the summer because I don't want to disrupt any sort of pattern or comfortability that, that the deer have in terms of their movement. I know it's, it's still early. But I, I do think it makes a difference. Um, you know, I'll get in there. Uh, I think yeah, I actually think we were targeting. Hopefully, not obviously not this weekend and not next weekend, but possibly the one after that. To because I want to I want to show you where I hunt and and, and kind of right. give you an idea in case you know. I mean, it's a lot closer than the farm, so right. You know, you can certainly just pop on over as opposed to go a couple hours. But right. Um. Right. So that's probably when I'm going to tackle the stand. Right. Um. But I mean, that's pretty much all I'm going to do at that time, and then I'll probably clear lanes. Uh, end of August, maybe early September. Uh, cause if I do it too soon, the lanes and as well as the trails, they're going to grow back. Yeah. Um, so, so by the time I get back out to the stand, you know, in mid late September, it's going to be starting from square one. Right. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I think the only thing that I'm adding to my summer is, uh, well, I shouldn't say adding, I guess I'm going to try to do more of it is just glassing and watching the fields from afar. So right. the, the clover plot, obviously it's a big attraction for the, the deer herd in the area. Um, I wanted to start taking the truck. There's a nice place I can kind of pull along it and I can pretty much see the entire field and watch. I did a couple times last year and saw some stuff come out. 
I'm really excited this year because I got a new a new DSLR camera with a, a longer lens, so I can actually nice, snap nice. some photos. So part of it is, you know, I want to see the deer. Part of it is I want to play with my camera. Um, so I figure I could just kind of cover both bases at the same time, uh, do some glassing, and uh, you know, hopefully get a sense of of what we what we have rolling around there. It's always nice to see stuff on the on the hoof. You know, it's like I don't get to spend a ton of time there because of you know the distance I have to travel to get there. So it's always nice whenever, you know, it, it pains me sometimes when my father-in-law calls me to tell me the, about the toad that he saw <laughs> while he was at, and I'm like, yeah, I saw him too on camera. Yeah, right, like, right. <laughs> Not in person. Yeah. You know, yeah, I, so. I get, I get the same thing, you know, um, with, with my parents, especially my dad, like he'll, he'll be looking out the bay window from the kitchen and it overlooks the rest of the yard and into the, the field and, and the woods and, um, you know, he'll, he'll text me like oh there's 30 deer in the yard like oh thanks dad i'm i'm at work this is great yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> staring at a computer monitor yeah, this pondering, is, this is pondering where things went wrong <laughs> yeah i'm i'm working for my hobby right now <laughs> right yeah yeah exactly well i think with that i think we covered everything you know if uh is there anything else you wanted to touch on today i think we covered off on all of our summer and our spring and summer uh activities as far as what i thought we were were planning to cover for the day right no um i think the one thing and uh it's actually something you left out uh you joined an archery club oh recently. yeah yeah and yeah. i think it was really cool because uh, i did get the picture of anna shooting uh yeah. so we have a sharpshooter on our hands in the making we do. um we do. it's definitely not me yeah <laughs> i honestly <laughs> hence, honestly don't hence. know where she gets it maybe megan who knows but <laughs> Hence the membership to the archery club. Right, 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 right. <laughs> no, yeah, it's a. Uh, I, I did mean to. Me- I did mean to bring that up or mention it at the top. It just kind of slipped my mind. But yeah, I. Uh, it was one of those things where you know, new bow, new setup. You know, new bow, new release, new rest this year. Right. And I've been trying to get you. You know, for those of you that you know that don't know or that haven't seen it on the blog, um, you know, I, I picked up a Matthews Halon Five this year. Um, Solid and, setup. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a. Uh, it's a it's a great bow. I love the way it shoots, but it's the, the the previous bow that I had. I was just so used to that I could. It was it was effortless to shoot. Um, and uh, you know there was a brief period of time where I thought I may have made a mistake by getting a new bow, um, just because it was taking me a little bit more time than I was hoping that it would take to get used to this bow. And it started coming around recently, but I just still wasn't as, as consistent as I wanted to be. And the truth of the matter is, you know, for those of you that that are listening that don't know, you know, Phil and I both live in the suburbs of, of Philadelphia. Um, so there's not ample opportunity to shoot outside around our home. So usually we have to travel somewhere if we're going to do some shooting. And for me, it was often, you know, 40 minutes away to like one of the closer archery ranges, um, that was indoors. Uh, I hate shooting indoors because I can't see my pins nearly as well in, in what I call fake light. Um, and, or go back to the farm, which is a three hour trip that I only get to do every so often. So, Yeah, I know. It's uh, just to shoot. <laughs> yeah, just to shoot. And truth be told, it's like I've gone back on certain weekends just with no other plan than just to to go shoot my bow. Right. Um, you know, so there was a an archery club that was 10 minutes away from my house and I was really kind of skeptical cuz I'm not typically a club person in general. Um I like to a uh I like my my alone time. <laughs> I like to be alone, but uh so, you know, I was really just kind of thinking, I was like, you know, if I'm going to get more familiar with this thing and dial this thing in, I need to be somewhere where I can shoot more often um, to, to amp up my consistency. And my other goal really was I wanted to add 10 yards to my effective bow range. Um, and I wasn't going to do that shooting, you know, one or two weekends a month. I was going to have to have access to something I could do multiple times a week. Right. The added benefit was, is, you know, my daughter's taking up archery and, uh, you know, for a seven year old, just shooting into a block, you know, gets kind of boring. Um, you know, so taking her to this archery club or, you know, joining as a family, um, you know, there's two trails with it that have 3D's uh, targets set up, you know, and so she gets to walk through the woods and shoot at all these 3D animals and stuff like that. And she gets really excited about it, which is just another way to keep her engaged in the sport. And we went, I took her for the first time the other week and um, we, we might have a little, we might have a little deer slayer on our hands. You know, she's, uh, she's flinging some arrows for being seven years old and just starting to shoot in like March. Oh, so. I don't know, man. I'm sensing a family competition in the works. Oh. Yeah, I know. You gotta get, <laughs> gotta get Ava on that, on that stick and string, man. Well, you know what? It's funny you say that because earlier tonight, and I won't take up much time as we're going to wrap up, but earlier tonight, uh, Ava comes up to me and she's got her, uh, uh, her Merida bow, a little plastic, mm-hmm. you know, suction cup bow, whatever. And she loves mm-hmm. it. Um, 
you know, she the whole brave thing. Which is, mm-hmm. We're not big Disney people, but we're like, oh, hey, she shoots a bow, so cool. You can watch that, right? <laughs> uh, Next, the outdoor channel. Yeah. <laughs> so, so she comes up to me, and it's funny because I've been kind of working with her without really being overbearing about it. You know, with holding the bow and pulling it back, and it's frustrating sometimes mm-hmm. because I I really want her to get it right and then to do it well, and she just yep. wants to have fun. Right, um, yeah. So she's just holding it however, but t- this evening, it was like this breakthrough, and I didn't even instigate it or anything, and she just comes up with this bow. She's like, hey, Daddy, look at this. And she just she holds the bow straight out, pulls it back, lets the arrow fly, and I mean, you know, it's, we're not talking power or anything, but in, right. in terms of actual mechanics, I was blown away. I was like, first, yeah, I was she, like, first off, who's teaching you how to shoot a bow? Because you didn't listen to me when I was teaching right. you. <laughs> and second right. off, that's pretty good. Uh, right. Yeah, with with Anna, it's like I pretty much just have her shooting into a blank target for the most part, unless we're out on the three on the three uh, D course. Um, right. Just, I don't even have her sight set up because um, I don't even want her looking through the peep or into the sight. I just want her getting used to the mechanics of pulling it back and making sure it feels second nature to her. And then she knows what her anchor points are supposed to be. Like, you know, she repeats them to me when she pulls back. So she's starting to develop, you know, a, a very uh, short shot sequence, but nonetheless, she's putting together a shot sequence in at least, you know, a couple steps that she reminds herself to do every time. Yeah, absolutely. And that's all I really want. And I want her to have some fun that way she'll keep doing it. And that's really the goal of it. So it certainly is. I mean, if it's, if it's not fun, then, you know, you're not going to do it. It's kind of like, you know, certain sports growing up. If it yep. you got to a point where it wasn't fun, guess what? You didn't play next year. So Right. You're right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, so. Unless your parents made you and then you hated them. But that's a, do- a totally different right. story. That's, that's a different podcast altogether. <laughs> but with that said, I think, uh, you know, we're running up on time here. You know, we wanted to try to keep these to the 45-ish minute mark and we've done uh, just a little bit over that. So, um you know, uh, I think we'll go ahead and wrap this up. So just want to thank everyone uh, who tuned in uh, to the first podcast. Uh, you know, thank you so much for doing that. It's awesome. We definitely had folks downloading it and had some comments and feedback already. So we love that. You know, leave us a comment on the blog post page if there's any uh, questions or topics you would like to see us tackle. Of course, you can find us through uh, Stitcher, Google Play, and on iTunes. Uh, so download us at will and uh, feel free to share out any of our content, whether it's the blog post or share uh, the uh, the podcast itself. And also, we would uh, be very indebted to any of you listening if you would please leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. That ensures that we rank uh, in iTunes and make sure that people can find our podcast. Um, you know, and, uh, and we would love to do that and keep bringing you uh, – as good a content as we possibly can. We sure love, you know, putting the podcast together for you guys and hope you uh, enjoy as much as we enjoy putting it together. So till next time, we'll see y'all. Spread the word. All right, gang, the new Truth merch is in stock at truthfromthestand.com and on YouTube below any of the Truth From The Stand videos. I've got some new hats, beanies, t-shirts, long sleeve t-shirts, and sweatshirts. There's even a new do hard shit hat for those of us who like to embrace microdosing adversity. So head to truthfromthestand.com and check out the new gear and use the code TRUTH, T-R-U-T-H, and save yourself some cash on the new gear.